Howdy, welcome to another episode of Canon Calls. This week, I got to talk with editorial director Brian Cole, and he also teaches rhetoric at New St. Andrews, and we talked about how rhetoric functions at New St. Andrews and about what kind of people he's after. What does the class of rhetoric do to students, and why is he interested in doing that? If you are someone that enjoys listening to the Canon podcast, I want to recommend to you that you subscribe to mycanonplus.com. You get all kinds of content and your subscription allows for us to continue to do free content as well as really sweet documentaries and more things like that that are on the way. So without further ado, meet Brian Cole. Now welcoming on recurring guest. Wow. Feels good to hear that. Brian Cole. Yep. Thanks for coming on, Brian. Yeah. You know, it's good to be here. Talk to you about rhetoric. I wish I should have put in the intro that you are one half of Stories or Soul Food. Yeah. Oh, that's true. You're a, a podcasting uh, star as well. Since the last time we met, my podcasting star has risen. Yes. And now I too. Yes. Have been heard on a podcast. Right. Many people <laughs> now recognize your voice. You're right. You're not only known for the Logic DVD, you're now known for literature takes. Yeah, absolutely. Or asking Nate questions about literature takes. Right. Uh, which he has a few. Absolutely. Okay. So I wanted to bring you on Canon Calls again because I have really been enjoying my time working alongside you. Yeah. At New St. Andrews College. Absolutely. For the rhetoric class. Yeah. Bossing freshmen and teaching them what it means to be a leader as far as words are concerned. Yeah. So can you just talk about... So you do all the heavy lifting, you do, you have the lecture and you do the declamations. Can you just, for people that have no idea what I just said, could you tell them about yeah. rhetoric at New St. Andrews? So I really enjoy, rather than a typical class model where you go to class every day, uh, NSA does a very cool system where you have the colloquium, which is the lecture, where you're going to focus on a particular topic once a week. And then also the other half of the class is, well, I guess it's a three part. But the, the other part that I do is the declamation. And the declamation is where I get to hear from the students at least every other week. I give them a prompt, usually that's based on the lecture, and that makes them get up on stage in front of their peers and present something to me. Sometimes memorized, sometimes off the cuff, uh, sometimes a mixture of the two. And then the third section is the workshop that you've been running with. Right. And that's usually where I meet the middle. Either we're working on their paper that you're assigning right. by the end of term, mm -hmm. or we're working on their declamation that's coming. Yeah, every every professor at NSA probably thinks this, but I do think rhetoric's the most important class for getting you acclimated to an academic life. And by academic life, I don't mean something that's stuck in books. I mean, living like a Christian is supposed to live. Okay, so tell, can you talk a little bit about that? Like, how do you see, like, what skills are you looking to, like, build out of students. Right. Yeah. When people hear rhetoric, they usually think you mean some sort of manipulation, right? That's just a bunch of rhetoric is the typical phrase. But the truth is that clear writing comes from clear thinking. And if the goal of education is to make somebody think clearly, then writing is often the most helpful way of testing and assessing and, and critiquing that saying, hey, you tried to argue this, but that doesn't make sense or it doesn't follow. Yep. And so rhetoric has, has those two halves, but basically it's, it's persuasive writing 
teaching students how to obligate belief and and this is getting into a bunch of down a bunch of wormholes but um we don't say you have to persuade somebody because pointing a gun at someone's head could be persuasive right yeah we say you need to show them the truth as god sees it which is a high burden and then their response is due to the holy spirit and themselves right and so that's the big goal you do everything you can to present the truth to them and get out of the way so that they can accept the truth of that or not. But as our goal as human raiders or speakers, orators is to present that truth. Yeah. So the, you know, the other day we talked about, you know, this is something like you had it, so you don't get to say this, but <laughs> I, I would have appreciated it. I would have hated it having to like public speak, get oh, in front yeah. of everyone. Right. Uh, four papers a term that get shredded. Yep. And one thing I talked about the other day was uh, like life is coming at you very fast Mm -hmm. and you may need to know how to like humble a good friend of yours yeah or like uh console someone or maybe you need to like bring down a prideful person right or like there's all these like different facets of things that like to be a successful human being or one that people like having around or are relieved as around yeah a faithful human being a faithful human being all of those are things that you should be equipped to do and like thinking about it there's never really a time i had i went to public school and community college yeah to call it so uh, there was never an opportunity where i could do that and like i can feel it in myself or you know it's like oh if i go down this i might lose control or if i'm trying to convince someone else i may lose control here right anyway so it's very it's very cool i think it's been a very i've learned a ton of just like being around it Right. And seeing the opportunity they have to. Yeah. When you, it, what a big part of what we teach them is showing students whenever you come into a situation, there's three things to be aware of. Who are you? Who are they? And where do they need to be? And it's not just need to be based on what you want out of them. It's not right. some sort of manipulative. It's, it's where do they need to be according to God? Yeah. And, and, and that can be, like you said, any one of those emotions and right. you can lose track of your argument, lose control, like you said, of your argument at any, at any stage on that triangle. Right. Um, and, and as, as classical educators, we're pretty fond of triangles because the true good and beautiful is the other yeah. way you analyze things. So those are all just, you know, true, good, beautiful. Who are you? Who are they? Where are you trying to get them? Those are all things that we're trying to drill into students that even when you're trying to tell someone, this is my favorite kind of music. Um, or if you're trying to tell someone this is the gospel and this isn't, you know, on a whole range yeah, of yeah. things, you need to be able to to do those basic skills. And that's what my class tries to teach. Yeah. Essentially, like, can you be someone that moves people? Right. And that is a definition of a leader. Yep. And then what you're saying, too, is like, as Christians, there's a higher burden on us. Yeah. That we're more careful with that. We're thinking more clearly about those things. Yeah. It is essentially like leadership training. Yeah. As a Christian, as a Christian, you don't just get, like David Hume says, you don't just get to treat, he's not the Christian. (laughs) He's interesting, (laughs) Brian. Tell us more about uh, David Hume, the Christian. That's stories or soul food take. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, David Hume says, hey, we're all just kind of basically pool balls bouncing around and bouncing off each other. But that's not how we approach life. Yep. Um, And one of the chief skills taken from classical rhetoric is the ability to discover stasis of where your opponent is standing. Yeah, that's a good one. So that was one of our first, if I remember right, Mm -hmm. back, this, that was one of your first lectures and it's something we went over in workshop. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So this basic year long structure of the class starts with some 
classical rhetorical principles, then moves into argumentation, then style, and then delivery. That's each term. We're now things. in style. Yeah. Right now we're, we're having fun pushing kids into doing exciting metaphors. Yes. Um, but yeah, at the beginning, the, one of the key skills is to not be distracted by what people say and instead to realize what they actually think. Yes. So where's the root of the argument? Right. So what are, yeah, give an example of that. Cause I thought that was a really great place to start. Helpful. Yeah. Well, there's a Richard Weaver quote that says sentiment is anterior to reason. And this makes people really upset because it, what it means is that when people provide a reason, there almost always is a feeling that's backing up that reason. Yep. And so a good example of, of say, you know, this isn't a conversation I've had, but it recently, but say a kid's like, Hey, I really want to start smoking cigarettes. And they give you reasons for why they want to start smoking cigarettes. That's not why that's the sentiment that you should be looking for. That's the stasis. And the stasis is that, that there has been 70 years of entertainment industry poured into making cigarettes look cool. Yeah. And this was especially true, you know, 10 years ago. So that stasis theory is the, the way to look at, Hey, when I'm trying to move somebody, where are we talking? Are we at the level of cigarettes, good, bad? Or are we at the level of cigarettes, wise, unwise? Are we at the level of what should we do about it? Or are we at the level of what even are they? Or even earlier yes. up than that. So there's like different so levels So I of wasn't argument. sure if I was going to put you on the spot to even know what the four stasis oh, are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but like, so you, you, but you just touched on them. So what, yeah. what exactly are they? So if you're going with the, if you're going with the, um, the Roman, there's a Roman approach and a Greek approach. And the Romans say it's conjecture, definition, quality, and procedure. Okay. And you can kind of have an argument at any one of those four spots on the tree. So conjecture is Merlin real. Right. Was he a real historical yeah, figure? Yeah, absolutely. What's the next one? Definition. definition. Right. That, that, a classic example of that would, would be something like, um, say we're talking about well, now I am put on the spot here because I'm, <laughs> I'm on skates definition, as I come up with examples definition of definition. And, it's uh, what it means. I mean, definition is just, are we arguing about, is this thing a breach of the law or not? Okay. Um, that might be a good definition. Is this theft or not? Would be a okay. classic um, one. And then quality is where we actually love to have most of our arguments. Uh, You're describing morals. Morals, good, bad, wise, unwise. Okay. And then procedure is what should we do about it? Right. So I, I remember at the time thinking, you know, the news can go all day long or like talking heads can go all day long mm -hmm. as long as one is talking in one stasis and another is talking in another. Absolutely. Like you can make arguments last yep. forever. This yep. is like what ESPN, yeah. until live games start, yep. this is what ESPN is. Right. So someone says LeBron James is the greatest basketball player of all time, quality claim. And yeah. the other person says, no, but the most valuable player is the person who actually is the best player on the best team. And then you're like, wait, right? And that's then, a and stasis disagreement. A yeah, and then they can disagree the whole time. Because they're not actually talking about because, the same correct. thing. Correct. Which allows them to just go and go and go yep. and go. But the minute you're on, you find the stasis, yeah. you're going to get down to like... To make it real in social issues, if you want to say, hey, I think a particular minority should be paid money for should be paid reparations yeah um that's quality of procedure right but it uh, rests on an assumption that critical race theory is true 
which is all a discussion up at the de definitional conjecture. level of what is it or could so should actually or yeah, yeah right oh um, yeah, so, so either yeah level. either of those i mean it could be it could be either of those like is there is it does systemic injustice exist is is a conjectural one yep. that the ref the reparations discussion cannot happen until you establish the conjecture sure so all this essentially like going through that which we did like two weeks of mm -hmm. is essentially equipping a student to hear where the hinge of an argument actually rests right because the minute you can do that it brings things like clarity or like mm -hmm. a quicker discussion can happen absolutely uh and you are becoming that person who is even if you're wrong on it you at least understood yeah where the argument hangs right and if you have ever been in a discussion with somebody where you just keep addressing their objections and then they have a new one pulled up right away. Right. That's always a sign that you are not at the right stasis. Right. And you're not arguing about what matters. Right. You are you're you're fighting along on procedure. What should we do? We should pay we should pay this much money to this person. And you're saying, well no, we haven't established that this injustice even existed. You know, right. for example. Or if you want to make it real, it's like, hey, this person actually hates their parents. And so this discussion about why they should honor their parents in this instance shouldn't be about that instance. It should be about the relationship of a person and their parents. Right. And, and that's a way to make uh, conversations get real uncomfortable real fast, but keeps you from being Stephen A. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Right. And, yeah. And I, I have been, so you have to do the heavy lifting of like the lecture stuff. Yeah. And there's like a sign books and, that and you then have. you make them work their way through it in the workshop. Right. So there's yeah. the Greeks, the Romans, and then I'll bring like, you know, very fun, like a lot of Billy, Billy Collins, Collins <laughs> or something like that. But what I've, it, it's been uh, challenging to me just as someone who's trying to live the Christian life. Yeah. So like, you know, oh man, this is sort of an indictment on me or, you know. Oh, you, I know. You start to walk away from different situations thinking, ooh, uh, who are you? Who are they? Where are they supposed to yep. be? And I actually didn't work in that triangle. Right. I was thinking about that I was hungry at the moment <laughs> yep. and and missed my chance to help someone move on their Christian walk. <laughs> right. Right. So I imagine most people listening to this podcast are not in our class. Yeah. For sure. Well, let's hope so, huh? Because we're giving <laughs> them all the secrets. Uh, so if they didn't have if they didn't have access to or are not going to have access to a new Sanders education, I'm curious. Like if a family member went up to you and was just like, Brian, how do I get what you're mm. teaching? Yeah. Like, where would you point someone or could you point someone to, you know, here's how to do this kind of thing better? Yeah. Um, if I find there's a couple of books that are really key and the one I really would recommend is the Rhetoric Companion, okay. which is so readable. It sounds like, Hey, why would I read a text? That's a on Canon Press title. That's Canon Press. Nate. Yep. And then also wordsmithy is the other one. It's okay. basically, they're, they're books about, would you like to be a leader? And it's a leader where you are, right? You're not necessarily yeah. a leader of nations. And then, and then I, I would also recommend if, they're, if you're more interested in, in aesthetics, like you love talking about whether books are good or bad, or movies are good or bad, yep. then read uh, Francis Schaeffer's Art in the Bible. Okay. And, and those are kind of the, the two places, wordsmithy and Art in the Bible and the Rhetoric Companion. And it's all of a sudden going to give you the tools to evaluate speaking and writing in your own, your own place in the world. I imagine for anyone, no matter where they are, the minute you've gone to, or the minute you've been a part of a board or you're at work. That's one thing I do. Yeah. I should have said at, this. In a family. I tell my students at the start of the year, hey, whatever you do in the rest of your life, communication is going to be key. And this is the class that makes you understand what you're communicating. 
Yep. Sometimes and you realize hearing, hearing. Yep. Yep. And communicating. Yep. That's true because we do a lot of reading too of just of texts where they're trying to interpret what someone else has said and then spit it out without creating a straw man. Right. And that's very hard to do. Right. Because straw men are easier. They don't fight back. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It's it's uh it's been something I've been really helped by and sort of shown me where. I, Right. Some of my students are like light years ahead of me. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's fun to be able to listen to a student that, you know, we have them writing literary papers right now and it's fun to see their observations of texts. Some of them clearly understand Jane Eyre way better than me, for example. Or, or yeah. And actually just like for those that don't, aren't doing well, or I was in office hours with someone today talking about, they were talking about a particular book and teaching them how to like, you're, you're basically like literature is nice. Because one facet of it is you're just testing yourself. Can I like interface with something and understand what is happening? Mm-hmm. Which is essentially, yeah. All, I mean, yeah, what you're doing in in real life. And so, you know, having them understand it and then articulate it or give it back to you in a different way. Yeah. It's super. Uh, it's a great exercise, and that sounds like it's. It almost sounds like it's worthless, but it's not. Or, yeah. Or, dude, yeah, obviously, just, it does a lot more, but. Right. I tell them that a good paper is a gift to the teacher because if you've seen something in Macbeth, for example, that I haven't seen, I would love to know about it. And if you can write it in a thousand words in a way that's fun to read and all of a sudden you've given me an opening or a window into Macbeth that I didn't have before. And that's what literature does. It provides- Well, so there's that where there's the thing where you've never seen it before and it's like profound and that's, that's for obvious reasons, very exciting. Yeah. But even just that you saw it, could name it, talk about it in a very clear way oh, and yeah. gifted it to somebody in a nice way. Right. It's just, even if you've seen it before, yeah, it's yeah. like very nice. It's just like, it yep, is. that's exactly what that you saw reality. That you happens a lot back. with Tolkien papers, I think, because, you know, we read a fair number of Tolkien papers. Lewis and Tolkien <laughs> papers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And when someone says, hey, here's the theme of the Lord of the Rings. Right. That's cool. And says it nicely. And yeah. Like puts that's it fun. Back. It reminds yes. me of what I like about them. Right. You know, and, uh, I don't know. That's enjoyable. Anyways, rhetoric is a gift and rhetoric as the skill that you use everywhere is in your Christian walk is, is really what I try to communicate as they're heading off to be anything. Well, sophomores first. Oh, well, sophomores. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Brian. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, absolutely. The fastest episode on rhetoric you've ever heard. All right. Well, we do our part. (laughs) Dude, I get to come back on, right? (laughs) 